Hi, I'm John Farmer, and this is Georgian Bay Roots, the official radio show of the Summer Folk Music and Crafts Festival in Owen Sound, Ontario. We're in your radio for an hour every week to share the music made and played in Gray and Bruce counties with folk and roots music from across Canada and around the world mixed in. If you miss us on the radio, you can find us anytime as a podcast on SoundCloud. This show is sponsored in part by Tamming Law. Tamming Law. To us, it's personal. Find them at TammingLaw.com. The show today comes in three acts. First, award nominations. Then we'll be talking music and climate action in the middle. And we'll share some springtime songs at the end. To start today, we'll hear from the summer folk veterans nominated this year for Juno Awards or Canadian Folk Music Awards. Up first, Ferris and Jason Romero with Right in the Garden. It's the sweetest thing when I remember how Your hands they talked and your eyes they smiled And the lamplight shone in the passing haze And I asked if maybe we could take a walk It's right, it's right, 
That song was from Ferris and Jason Romero's album Bet on Love, which is nominated for the Juno in the Traditional Roots Album of the Year category. They also picked up a pile of Canadian Folk Music Award nominations for Traditional Album of the Year. Ferris got a nomination for Male Vocalist of the Year, and together Ferris and Jason are nominated for Ensemble of the Year. On my last show, I showcased Leela Gilday, and her latest album, North Star Calling, is up for two Junos as Contemporary Roots Album of the Year and for Indigenous Album of the Year. At the Canadian Folk Music Awards, North Star Calling earned Leela a nomination as Indigenous Songwriter of the Year and for Single of the Year for this next song, Ketana Natse Ju. My dear mother, I wish you well. I can't stand to see you cry. So I have this distant hell. And I'll wipe the tears from my eyes. My sweet brother, will I see you again? There's so many things I long to say. Life held down, you were My sweet sister, 
haunt me still I see you all dressed in red I wish I could turn back time and take Continuing our tour of Friends of Summerfolk who have earned award nominations this year, up next is Moscow Apartment with their song Meredith Palmer from the EP Better Daughter, which earned them Canadian Folk Music Award nominations for Young Performers of the Year.
That was Lynn Miles with We'll Look for Stars, the title track from her latest album. She's nominated for the CFMA for Solo Artist of the Year alongside Catherine McClellan, Julian Taylor, William Prince, and Reet. What a field of nominees. Another pair of Summerfolk veterans nominated for Vocal Group of the Year at the CFMAs is Big Little Lions for their album Inside Voice. From that album, this is Where Are You Now? A touching reflection about a father's experiences of dementia. Where did you go? 
All of the artists you've heard so far on this show are nominated for Junos or Canadian Folk Music Awards. Catch the CFMAs on April 10th and 11th. The Junos are handed out in May. Stick around. After the break, we'll talk to Liv Cazola about Music Declares an Emergency. I'm John Farmer. Welcome back. You're about to hear part of an interview I recorded with Liv Cazola. Look for the full interview as a podcast midweek. A quick heads up, we were speaking over Zoom and the computers were a little noisy, but it was a great conversation. Have a listen. Welcoming back to Georgian Bay Roots, longtime friend of the show and summer folk, Liv Cazola, who you know as a former youth discovery, uh, as a performer with the Lifers, with Tragedy Ann, and um, and way back when we did, uh, you did, you curated a little playlist for us as well. Liv, welcome back. How are you? Hi, I'm feeling great. Thank you so much for having me back on the show. Um, we're going to talk specifically today about music declares an emergency. What is that? Yes. Oh my goodness. Well, this is a organization that started out in the UK, uh, led by Faye Milton and Faye just felt like, you know, we, there were a lot of other, um, actions being taken in different creative fields to say we stand against climate destruction and we stand for climate action. And so Faye kind of started this movement where musicians and radio DJs and other any anybody in the industry, music fans, everybody can come together and call on our governments for um, telling the truth about the climate emergency and uh, making some really important system changes within the music industry as well. So that has since spread internationally and the Canadian chapter of Music Declares Emergency just began a couple weeks ago. In what ways does the music industry contribute to some of the issues that this movement is trying to address in terms of climate change or climate degradation? Yeah, it's such a multifaceted thing and, and you're right to kind of be aware of, you know, is it the cause or is it the effect kind of thing. Um, There's a lot of challenges that the music industry faces. Uh, In normal times, a huge one is travel, uh, between the artists traveling all around to tour their music and also the fans coming to the shows. So transportation as a whole is a huge part of the amazing culture that we get to be um, kind of facilitators of as musicians. Uh, Another huge part of that is uh, materials too. So uh, as we know, the fashion industry is one of the worst contributed for pollution and uh, climate destruction in this moment. And so when making choices for band merch, that's a huge thing. Um, Also the plastics uh, involved to make CDs and records are sadly all very intertwined with the fossil fuel industry. 
So there's just this uh, kind of interwoven, uh, unfortunate connection to what's happening on a global level right now in this climate emergency. So that that is a lot of the the challenges that we face. In addition to, and probably like most paramount, is also the environmental racism that is kind of rampant uh, in this country and in many others as well. So that that is no, the music industry is no stranger to that, and we have a lot of work to do to lift up BIPOC voices and make sure that we are um, creating a safe place for everybody to experience and share music. Um, for some of our listeners, they might not be familiar with the term environmental racism. Mm. What, what does that include? It is one of the ways that we can start to think about things as less separate and more intertwined. Um, essentially, my understanding of the word environmental racism has to do with the fact that marginalized people are often the ones who are experiencing the brunt of the climate emergency. So for example, often marginalized people are also uh, low-income folks. And so if you're living in a low-income area, often that ends up being the places where landfills are and other uh, pollution. Um, often that just ends up being a target for our governments to ignore. And that that makes sense because when we think about the places where it's most affordable to live, it's often the places where people don't want to live because of pollution or because of of other dangers. And I guess whether we're talking about in, in a specific city or in the world, places like the Maldives that are, are particularly on the forefront of rising ocean levels as a result of climate change, those are places that are often occupied by people who are lower income, but who are also racialized in mm-hmm. yeah, in so many ways. And whether we're talking about the Maldives or we're talking about Grassy Narrows in Ontario or in Owen Sound, the idea of, of somewhere like Mudtown being a neighborhood that was not desirable to live in because of its proximity to industry and being downhill from a dump. It's, thank you, that's environmental racism is is something that uh, certainly is gaining more attention and, and appropriately so. I'm, I'm curious, Liv, when I think about the role that musicians and music have played in raising awareness about issues like, like, ecological degradation and climate change and and the climate emergency. I think back to Joni Mitchell's song, Big Yellow Taxi, right? About um, about, that incorporated uh, lyrics about DDT and paving, paving paradise for parking lots. What is it about this moment that makes it even more important for Mm. people to be singing about and using their platforms to raise awareness about issues like the climate emergency? Yeah. Well, I, I feel like the the most blatant answer is that we now know so much more about the science behind how much time we have left. Uh, The IPCC report uh, is bleak in terms of how much needs to be done in so little time. Uh, And so we, it's important to be able to mobilize people, mass mobilize people all around the world to call on governments for these important and 
urgent changes. I think um, not only with, with the scientists coming together in that way, but also just what's happening on this global scale right now. I'm even thinking about the pandemic and how it is proof that governments can work fast and work hard to solve a problem. And it's interesting because the pandemic is much more of an obvious crisis, uh, a little bit more visible and experienced by more people more broadly, more obviously. So I, I, my hope is that movements like this are going to make visible the things that we don't always see in the privileged uh, centers of the world. And you recently took part in a panel at the Folk Alliance International Conference talking about these issues. Um, I guess, what did you learn on that panel and, and what were you sharing? Oh, oh, that was such a treat. It was great. We were ta- I was able to have a conversation with uh, a few youth leaders in the world who are also involved within the music um, within the music world <laughs> of its own. And one really positive thing I took away from the conversation with those youth who are leaders around the world is that people are willing to listen to them. Uh, it was really encouraging to be able to read the comments on the side as the stream was happening and hearing these adults uh, of various ages say, we respect you and we want to do better. And like, these are some things in my community that are happening or you know, just, just really uh, taking it in with a full heart. That was one huge takeaway from that conversation for me. So that you got the sense that these messages about the, the necessity in, of, for urgent action are finally resonating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, and, you know, it has to resonate with people kind of incrementally. Like it's, it's that whole idea of a ripple effect where you start the conversation and that moves forward to a, gar- a la- larger conversation. And then, you know, you're suddenly you're speaking with the people in your local municipality and, and you know, local governments that, that can really start to help you make those changes. Hmm. Do you think that artists and musicians are in a particularly strong place to, to amplify these messages? Hmm. Well, I, I do know through, through history that music has been a huge part of these kind of movements always. And I think, I always think back to this expression, I don't even remember who told it to me, but you, they, they've said, you can get an audience to sing anything with you. And so I think that is a really important way to summarize a musician's um, privilege. Uh, whenever you're able to use your platform um, and stand in front of an audience and, and actually talk about what is going on and how people can get involved, if they already like you, they already like your music, they're singing along with you. It's a really great opportunity to just get those messages not only into their consciousness, but into their hearts. And I think that's a huge reason why 
music and art in general is such an important facilitator for these conversations is because it takes it not only in an intellectual frame, but also putting it into the core of who you are. Hmm. Um, as you're saying that, I'm thinking about the way that often the big problems that we face as communities or societies are framed as problems that we have to solve with our heads. But in reality, it takes our heads and our hearts. If we don't feel invested in something, we're not going to work to, to do the difficult things that are required to meet that problem or to extend our, our empathy to recognize that even if I might be okay, if my neighbor's not okay, that means our community's not okay. And that that is heart work. Yes, yes, very much so. So when you're putting together music and uh, climate action, it, for me, is a, is, that's like a huge part of my heart. So I, I feel really, really lucky to be able to be doing this work right now. And if people listening wanted to find out more about Music Declares an Emergency, what should they do? Where should they go? Yes, I encourage everybody listening right now to jot down or type it straight into their phone, musicdeclares.net slash CA. So there's a Canadian page within the Music Declares Emergency International page. Uh, which leads you to a lot of great information on the declaration itself, what we stand for, and then you can sign up. And that is a great opportunity to stand with everybody else and say, yes, I believe in what, what we declare in this, um, in this forum, and I, I'm willing to put my name out there. You can also sign up. Uh, and say that you're willing to join a working group. We're, we're calling on volunteers right now as well to help us get the balls uh, or get the gears in motion. It's a very new project still, so uh, we will take all the help we can get for that. Right on. And certainly I've, in looking through that, that website myself and, and seeing even some of the slogans that are coming out of that, um, it one of the ones that seems to be the most prevalent is no music on a dead planet. And, yes. and we want music and we want <laughs> the planet. So let's figure out how to get those things working together. Mm -hmm. uh, this would seem like a great time to play your very own Enviro social political anthem. So uh, Liv, thank you so much for joining us today. And I think it's time we listen to tip. Thanks so much, John. It's always so much fun to talk with you.
Mountain Bay Roots on the radio, the official show of summer folk with words and music and so much more. AM 560, Sundays at 4, Sundays at 4, Sundays at 4, unless there's a hockey game on and then we'll be on after the hockey game. Sundays at 4, thank you very much. Georgian Bay Roots Radio. The Digital Tune-Up is an all-new virtual workshop series presented by the Georgian Bay Folk Society to help artists, musicians, makers, and anyone in the community who's interested in taking the next steps to move their brand into the online world. With the support of the Canada Council, we are thrilled to be offering five workshops presented by industry experts covering branding, social media, website design, e-commerce, live streaming, podcasting, and more. These online workshops will take place over the five Monday evenings in March, and registration is free. Visit us on social media or send us an email at info at summerfolk.org for more info and to sign up today. I'm John Farmer. Welcome back. In this final act, I thought I'd share some songs that capture the spring feeling that's been growing in me with the higher temperatures over the past week. We'll start with a sure sign of spring, Red-Winged Blackbird by David Francie. Red-winged blackbird turned my road Thought I heard a red-winged blackbird Red-winged blackbird turned my road He'll be there beside the river When that finally breaks its bones He'll be king among the rushes He'll be master of his home Thought I heard a red-winged blackbird Red-winged blackbird turned my road Thought I heard a red-winged blackbird Red-winged blackbird turned my road Safe as Moses in the rushes Builds his home on the river wide Every time I hear him singing Makes me feel like spring inside Thought I heard a red-winged blackbird Red-winged blackbird down my road Thought I heard a red-winged blackbird Red-winged blackbird down my road Blackbird, 
the unmistakable voice of David Francie there. And while we're celebrating singing birds, let me introduce you to a new and progressive voice in the Appalachian music scene. This is Sam Gleaves with My Singing Bird. in the autumn are making their way back to our neighborhoods, and all that grows is pulling new energy from the soil and pushing up towards the sun. Here's a tune inspired by plants like those from Nua. This is The Thistle and the Daffodil. 
got you dancing in your kitchen. And they say that one good instrumental deserves another. So here's Mike T. Kerr with Spring Garden Bandstand. That was Mike T. Kerr, great guitar player. He is releasing an album a month all year long. 
you can get every one of those releases on Bandcamp. You can also buy his instructional music booklet or schedule a virtual guitar lesson with him. Coming full circle, our last seasonal song comes from Alberta's Clea Rodick and features Noel Johnson. This is Birds Come Back.
That brings us to the end of Georgian Bay Roots for this week. Thanks to Tamming Law, the OwenSoundHub.org, and of course, to Summerfolk for putting us on the air. If you want to learn more about podcasting, find Summerfolk on Facebook and register for the free digital tune-up podcasting workshop on Monday, March 29th on Zoom. I'll be hosting along with Sam Bohr. As always, you can send us your thoughts, requests, or original music to share by sending us an email to georgianbayroots at summerfolk.org. Until next time, friends, take care, and I'll see you folks around.